fucking die to get three points. And they're here. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> it's a fact. I'm not playing mind games. I'm talking about facts. He can't take it, can he? He can't take it. He just can't take it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>
and there's always talk every summer of him moving on and he never does so but it's whether that is the losing 8-2 in the quarterfinal is, is that the final nail in the coffins like yet to be seen I think they just, they just make too many mistakes on their signings. Like you look at the players that they sign and their squad, and you're like, what what kind of style of football are they trying to play? Like they're obviously, it's like they're trying to play their old Barca style, but not at the same time. You look at their midfield; they've got Rakitic, Busquets, Arthur, who's obviously now leaving for Pjanic coming in, De Jong, Vidal. Like, what what are they actually trying to play there? Because some of those players do not fit tiki taka, but some of those players don't fit counter attacking, and it's like. There's not like one style in this squad. It's like they're trying to mix, mix match two, three styles together, and it, it's. You, I just don't know what they're trying to do anymore. Like it's, it's just confusing to watch Barcelona now. Yeah, the recruitment's been poor, and I think. I mean, I don't know what Barca's finances are like now. Obviously, with this new world, and whether that will affect them or not. But I think they do need to push some, push some players out the door, like aging players. Because they're going to be on big wages. I can see Rakitic going and Vidal, to be honest. They're two that's, that I could think of like easily straight away. They're going to be gone. You see, I think Rakitic is someone they need to keep. I think he's he's been one of their better midfielders. That's not that's not saying he's been good. Um, but if they want to play a Barca away, Rakitic is probably the closest thing they've got in there. Um. But I, I, I wouldn't have brought Pjanic in. He's a great player, but he's he's getting... Obviously, I know there's this stigma that players that are like 30, 31 are too old because people play FIFA and football manager. But I, I think Barca need to look a little bit more at the future. They've got a few young players in there, but they, they're not... Are they are they good enough players? Like, you look at Nelson Semedo. He had an absolute nightmare the other day. He was awful, and I'd say he was at fault for a lot of the the goals because they just kept attacking that side I did feel it's... a bit sorry for him at some point <laughs> well I I don't I don't think he's good enough for Barca he's there's been several games I've watched him in where he's just looked one of the worst players on the pitch well so I would agree it is um, some of the players the quality of players aren't as good as they have been in previous years that the dressing room just seems to be from from up into the higher ups to whatever's happening between the team doesn't seem united together and I think that's been a big factor uh, fell from La Liga fell let Real Madrid back in it even though it weren't a necessarily a great Real Madrid team they still won the La Liga over them um, and crashed out obviously Barca crashed out of Europe now is it maybe now that they need another new manager getting one with uh, the quality instead of going for these sort of managers that they've they've got from the um from the Spanish leagues and trying to build up maybe someone I don't know James might have a big say in this Pochettino. Well, uh, so I saw something leaked the other day actually that the big players at Barcelona don't want Pochettino, um, and I I, I okay. think this is something I was going to mention anyway is that I feel the players at Barca have too much power. Um, Definitely. It's like Messi they bring does. in smaller managers because they know that Messi, Suarez, and that can control them, and Messi can get what he wants. It, it may it may sound controversial, but it could if if Messi's now hitting the point where he doesn't want to be there, uh, he's thinking about leaving. It could be the point where they should go right. We'll let you go. We'll build again. Um, 
Real Madrid did it with Ronaldo. They got rid of him. And they're, they're still in that building stage. And they're not going to be as good as what they were before that. But they're still a big team. They're still going to compete up the top without him. And they'll eventually get to that point where they, they get up there again. Because you'll never, you'll never find someone as good as Messi or Ronaldo for a long time. Like It, it, it might not ever happen again. Um, but there needs to be a point that you move on from that. And if he's looking at moving on, with the, the amount of times over the years that we've seen leaked out that Messi's got a lot of power in Barca, and he's falling out with managers, he's falling out with players, and then we see those managers leave not long after. We see those players leave not long after. Could be time to get rid of him and let the board and the manager build a team that they want as opposed to what a player wants. And then they might actually get to that stage where they're winning stuff and, and looking a better team again. So let's before we move, we've got, before we move on, I'm going to ask you this. Messi moves. Which club does he go to? I, I think there's only there's only one or two that would actually be able to afford him. Um, Into Miami? Um, no. <laughs> uh, I think at this current stage, the only teams that would would put that m- mass amount of money towards him would be Man City or PSG. And I I think looking at the fact that you've got Guardiola at Man City, I think that would be the team. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't argue. Can't disagree. Yeah, I can't argue with that. The biggest upset of the round, though, was Man City crumbling against Lyon as a side who finished seventh in the so-called Farmers League ended up 3-1 winners. James, we tasked you to talk about Lyon last week and all you did was put the blame on Juventus. Talk to us about the game. What was it for you that made the result happen? Was it Pep's failed tactics, the possible questionable VAR decisions, or did Lyon actually get your praise this week? So for me, there's 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 a lot of reasons that Leon won that game, and I'll go I'll go through them all. So I think uh, the first thing that you have to look at is uh, the way that Man City lined up and the way that they their tactics uh, were. Uh, Man City are known for their attacking football, creativity and fluidity. Um, the lineup didn't show that at all. They they tried to match Leon's formation, um, and it backfired. Like I I can understand that they don't have. To a great centre back pairing that could deal with like two forwards, um, so I could understand why they'd want to have a three at the back. But they haven't really, they haven't really played like that this season, so that the players aren't going to be used to it. I don't think this is the stage of the season that you can just chuck players in to have a guess to see if a formation works. Um, it, they they've got like Laporte normally is quite good, but he didn't have a very good game, um, and the other the other centre-backs that they have aren't consistent anyway, so just having two more on there, uh, that, that doesn't help. Um, and I think having Cancelo play a kind of left-back, left-mid kind of role uh, also was an issue because he was always looking to cut in on the right, which made it predictable for Leon to to go in that side on him and, and dispossess him. Um, and they looked very poor defensively, and at times that helped Leon. Uh, Leon definitely took advantage of this, and it made a massive difference. It allowed Leon to take the lead, and then Leon were able to play the game how they wanted to play. Um, it caused them to be able to soak up pressure and to hold on the lead. Which, even though I didn't big up their performance against Juventus, they showed they could soak up pressure against Juventus, uh, and they looked very good at it against Man City, and they looked comfortable doing it. And I think that that's what they want. As soon as they got that lead, Leon looked comfortable. Hmm. I I think I think go talk about the formation. I think obviously they tried to match Leon um, 
with that five of the back set up. And, um, but I, I just feel like if they had someone like Mares on the right from the get go, you saw how Cornette, who played left wing back, how well he did attack and got, got the first goal of the game. But he was pushed so far forward that that left side was so exposed. You think someone like Mares, where they usually play like a 4 3 3, would exploit that area? Well, and he, help exactly help that's City score. Man City, the, the, the strongest thing about Man City is their attacking threat, where they have your De Bruyne, your Silvers, your Sterling, your Jesus, all of them attacking at once. And they just didn't have that. Yes, they brought on David Silva and they brought on Riyad Mahrez, but we didn't see Bernardo Silva. Um, obviously, they were they were short of like Aguero, um, and um, we didn't see Foden either. But like Man City, the thing that makes them so hard to defend against is the unpredictability in their like four or five attackers. Whereas at the start of this game, they had De Bruyne, Sterling, and Jesus. Um, that made it so much easier for Leon to defend because they only had to soak up pressure from like three players. When Mares came on, City looked a different team, but at that point they were already chasing the game. It was too late for Man City to actually play like that. They should have started like that, and I think it would have been a it would have been a completely different game if Man City had. I I, I think another thing that you've got as well though um, is the the second goal for Leon. Um, I do feel like it should have been disallowed. Um, it wasn't intentional, but those decisions are given quite often. And it's a little bit inconsistent with a refereeing decision there. But at the same time, Man City gave Leon way too much space to push forward there. Uh, it was poor positioning and defending from Garcia. He left the player to have loads of space. And then as he got the ball, he ran at him, causing the space to open up behind. And Leon were fantastic again at taking advantage of this. Um, and I think throughout the whole game, Leon did really well at taking advantage of every mistake City made. And they showed this as well with the third Leon goal, where Edison just basically slapped the ball straight to their feet. They were there ready. It's like they were expecting it. And um, that obviously killed off the game. It's rare to see Edison make a mistake like that. But it, it's re- it's rare to see Man City make a mistake, and it's that's all they they did a lot of mistakes in the night. To be honest, they had a few clear chances the other end as well. Obviously, most notably the Sterling miss, and um, oh, yeah. it it just summed up their night. They made they had a few chances where they they should have scored. Um, they obviously gave away two silly goals, and they were just making mistakes all over the park compared to Leon who looked comfortable and Leon looked ready to deal with any mistakes. Leon knew exactly how they wanted to play that game and they went out there and they did it brilliantly and the game plan worked really well. Europa League action took place this week. English teams crashed out of the competition by Seville as they defeated Wolves in the quarters and Manchester United in the semis to reach the final. Inter and Shakhtar face each other Monday night for the right to face Sevilla Friday night in the Europa League final. In both competitions, we've seen the introduction of single-leg knockout ties instead of the traditional two legs. I'm interested to hear from both of you your thoughts on whether this format should remain and possibly carry on the same method of having the knockout games at a neutral venue as well once the league season finishes. I I do like the format. Um, I, I do... It obviously, it has its benefits. It has... It's been exciting. It's been really exciting because obviously teams can just go out 
from one game as opposed to the old format. But I I think obviously it's it's beneficial with the amount of football that's being played now. The the schedule always seems to have more and more games every single season. Um, it, it it would be good for the for the players. But as a fan, I I have to say I prefer the two leg format that we're used to. Um, the the moments we've got from those are fantastic, especially like myself as a Spurs fan. Last season we had two games that if it wasn't for the two legs, it wouldn't have been the same. Um, the, the second leg against Manchester City, where it was one of the best games I think I've ever watched. Uh, and then to see Sterling score a winner at the end, to have it disallowed, that drama wouldn't have happened if it was a one-leg tie. We, we went through on away goals and that was, that was fantastic for me. And then especially the Ajax one where we turned down turned around a free goal deficit in the second half of the second leg, I, I think they're some of the best moments I've had in football. So I think for me, the two-leg format is what I prefer. I, I, I definitely prefer the two-leg like way of it being done. I think it's uh, more of a, a mental challenge for players to get over, like if they know they have to perform like in the second leg if they're losing, for example, like you said, 3-1 or something. It's definitely a mental hurdle that I think makes the game... Of football more exciting, but I I do like the um the neutral venue aspect of it. Like at the moment that we've got, I know it's only one leg, but I like the neutral venue side. I think it's like it's the best thing that they could have done in the scenario that we're in. I think, and to make it still exciting, I think they've done a good job in that respect. Oh, I, I agree. I think the the neutral ven- venues with the situation we've had this year, um, it, it's a great idea um, because obviously, like with, with the two legs, normally it works really well for fans because it gives you more of a chance to go see a game. Um, like we wouldn't get that with a neutral venue as much. It would it would be much harder to go there, but that that hasn't mattered at the moment. Uh, I think that's made it slightly more interesting with the one leg because it, it's just an away game for both of them. It feels it, it's, it's very similar feel to like you get with the world cup um, when you're watching that as in like the knockout stages. No, don't foul. Is that a miserable goal? Oh. <laughs> I don't know you were celebrating it. Over the next two episodes, we're going to have a transfer special here in the Playing Offside podcast. We'll be talking about the positions each club need to address, who they should bring in, as well as who they should get rid of. From split into two, we're going to take the first 10 teams in alphabetical order. Starting with Arsenal, James, let's talk about your rivals. Uh, So, obviously, I think... They should get rid of all of their good players. No, um, I think that they've they've made one mistake already uh, by extending the contract to David Luiz. I think he should have gone. Yeah, there's too many mistakes this season. He's not been good for them. They've just wasted more money. Um, Another player I should think should go out as well is Shrokdan Mustafi. Again, too many mistakes for them. If they want to be up there fighting for European football, Every season, they need to severely improve at centre-back. 
but I don't I don't know who who they could sign. Uh, someone like maybe Mukele or Upamecano, someone young. But they're in for Gabriel. And I understand that it's between like it's him and Napoli. They're trying to decide who he goes to. Is I I think they that it's such a big issue for them. They need to sign someone that is like proven to be good and also relatively young, um, because it's such a massive issue defensively for them. They they look all right going forward. Um, but defensively, they look very poor. Um, but obviously, like who they'd sign, I don't know. They they don't they, they do spend a lot of money sometimes, but it does tend to be more on attacking players. Um, so don't know who they'd get in, but someone else they could get in further back would be. I think they need a, a solid defensive midfielder as well. Um, obviously, that, Gwen Doozy isn't liked by Arteta. I, I I don't like him either. Um, get him out of the club. I, I don't like Gwendozi. Uh, I think if they're not going to play him, get rid of him, like Josh just said. Um, and Jacker, I'm not even I'm not even going to say why I don't think he's any good. But some someone that's been linked, uh, although it would probably be quite costly, is Thomas Party. Mm. They're they're saying they have to activate a 50 million release clause for him though. Yeah, and that's... you know, knowing Arsenal. Apart from you know, the Pepe deal, they don't like to. And I think this season, this summer specifically, if they go out and spend a lot of money now, they've just let go of a lot of staff. If they do that, their fans are going to be really angry. And I, like, obviously, improving the team does need to come first for a football club. But they have a lot of issues with their fans already. It, it, it could be a big issue upsetting them even more. Um, they're trying to say they need to save money. Spending money this season is going to be hard for them. Um, which is, it brings me to my next out. Uh, I think, obviously, this one's going to be really hard to get rid of because no one's going to want to pay his wages. But Meza Ozil, he's on an ex- for someone that doesn't really ever play, he is on an extortionate amount of money. Um, and they need to try and see if they can get rid of him, even if they can sell him and pay some of his wages, getting him off the books. If they're not going to use him, just get rid of him. He doesn't help them at all. Uh, it will free up some wages where they could go for someone on loan, perhaps. Maybe Coutinho uh, obviously showed how good he can be against Barcelona the other day. Barca seemingly don't want him. If Arsenal could get him on, on loan, get rid of Ozil sort out a little bit of the wages there so that they can bring in Coutinho. I think that would be a good swap. Yeah, they need to support ideal whether they can... I don't think they could offload into a club that's going to pay his full wages. They might have to pay part of the wages still. Is uh, that a percentage? It, or they might have to agree a deal to just flat out release him. Yeah, it's the same, similar situation. I wouldn't say exactly the same uh, as Gareth Bale at Real Madrid. Because um, I think... But I think the problem is Real Madrid, they're showing a bit of fight. They're trying to say, look, Bale, you aren't going to push us over. And Bale's just laughing at them. But at least they're trying a bit of fight. Ozil's pushing Arsenal over and they're just kind of sitting there like, yeah, cool. You can do that. We're all right with this. And I, I think if they want to be a big club, they need to show that bit of fight and either just release him. Yes, it will cost them a lot of money, 
but they're going to be paying that money for someone that is just taking up a, a part of their squad um, and is just going to be sat in the reserves and sometimes the bench. If they just pay it off straight away, they've got that extra squad place. Yes, it's just cost them money, but they've got a squad place that they didn't have before and they'd be spending that money on someone that's just in the squad not doing anything. Ozil will stay. He'll, uh, he'll run his contract down. That's what I think is going to happen. So I'll ask you this as well, because they have had a player come in this week as well. William from Chelsea. What's your thoughts on that? Will it improve Arsenal? You might give Pepe the kick up the arse that he needs. That's true. Yeah, that that, that could be. He hasn't the, had much competition. That could he? be the only bonus I could see of that signing. To be honest, they, it it's a position where they're not particularly weak on the wings. Um, attacking wise, Dep- is probably Dep- the best part though. of their team. Um, Depth wise, I think they're weak. Depth wise, yeah, but again. Then they're now. I know he's obviously is on a free. They're only spending wages. But do you not debate that the defense is the biggest issue, and that's where they should start looking first, not someone like William. Yeah, but I know. I know it's not. By point I know it's not like necessarily free because the wages are oh so hard, pretty yeah. extortionate. You know that's why I, I'm happy we didn't re-sign him at Chelsea. Yeah, and because we weren't going to give him a free year deal anyway. Because I've done that fair play to you, but he's come in as he. He's better than Pepe right now. Oh, yeah. There's no question about that. So he, he could start all along with him, bench Lacazette out of the side, put Aubameyang where he probably wants to be, at least anyway. Aubameyang can go, gives the freedom, Aubameyang to go up front. Winian goes on the left, Pepe on the right, or vice versa. Uh, I, I think that that's Arsenal's problem is that, yes, they need depth up front and that's what they've looked at, but they, they've they been doing this for years. They keep just signing attacking players. Yes, they've they've had seasons where they sign defensive players, but they're signing defensive players that people are looking at and laughing before they even play a game for them. Um, someone that I, I could see coming in maybe as a centre-back for the new season, obviously, he was at, uh, was it Saint-Étienne? Saliba was played last season. But yeah, they've signed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, like they they signed him, but they signed him last season. They yeah, need yeah. more than one centre back. Like Socrates hasn't been good enough. Mustafi hasn't been good enough. David Luiz hasn't been good enough. They need more than just Saliba. I think Saliba will start quite a lot next season. Um, and yeah, it even though he's young, he's, he's 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 a talent already. But yeah, it wouldn't shock me if he's their best defender. Um, but they need someone to go along that. Like, do I want to see David Luiz in the back four? Well, I want to see David Luiz in their back four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but does an Arsenal fan? No, of course they don't. No. They don't want to see Mustafi either. And I think after last season, they wouldn't want to see Socrates. Next up, we've got a team that just avoided relegation this year. Dean Smith's Aston Villa. I've got the whole, I've got the realms in this one. And their main goal is, is just keeping hold of Jack Grealish. That's the one, number one thing they need to do. It seems like something that Villa want to do, Grealish wants to do. Um, it's just so important to decide. Obviously, if obviously they get a bid, that's, you know, you get Jack Grealish, you get 80 million for Jack Grealish, they might be inclined to take it. But even that amount of money is just so important for them. He's involved in 34.1% of Villa's goals last season. Led them in the goals, led them in assists. He's so He's so crucial to them. Where they're playing, loved by fans, a Villa fan. He's the identity of the team. If they, if he goes, 
unless they have would have an amazing window where they just hit on every single player, they probably go down without him. But he probably stays most likely, I reckon. Um, especially now they're stayed up. But other than that, the main other need is striker. Up front, they were abysmal last year. Wesley was okay-ish. He was good. I would say he was not good. He yeah, was okay. I'm not with you there, he was. You know? He was ish. He was. I know he got injured, so he might have improved this, but he only got five goals in the in the league season, which at the strikers in total as well. Villa only had six goals come to the strikers. One from Samata, none from youngster Keenan Davis. They've got to get someone who scores goals. I know he's not prem quality. Uh, a couple of players I've got here, and they're not necessarily prem quality. Sorry, prem proven players, but first name comes to mind. Who Villa are heavily linked with right now. Ollie Watkins from Brentford. Obviously, they missed out on promotion Brentford themselves. Um, but yeah, great season from him. 26 goals in the championship last year. And he's, Dean Smith and him have a good relationship. Obviously, Dean Smith signed him from Brentford when he was a the manager of them in 2017. Have a good relationship and could be enticed to bring him to the club. At 25 million for a player who shot up this season might be a bit of a risk. One they could take. I don't know what you guys think about Ollie Watkins. Uh, I I think Ollie Watkins is, is all right. Um, whether I I think it should be someone. I obviously like, I think it would be a decent signing. Whether I could say it'd be a good signing, I don't know. I think something that Villa lack a lot is leadership within the team. Yes, they've got Tyrone Mings and you've got their goalkeepers. Creelish is all right, here, but I think you look at leadership in a team you need three four leaders in that team um in general um well obviously you don't want them being too involved everywhere but you need people that can like motivate a team and if you've got one your one or two leaders aren't feeling it one day which it's ha- it happens i think they need that and i think getting a bit of experience and someone that's willing to have a go at players and take charge up top could be good uh, I don't see that from Ollie Watkins, but at the same time, I don't know who they could sign that could do that. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I got I got Watkins and as well, I'm taking players, well, sort of from the championship because we've only seen him in league form in the championship, but it would be a low move for someone who impressed in limited time. Rian Brewster, potentially. I think he gets a prem move anyway, whether that's with, whether that's with uh, Villa or maybe one of the uh, other clubs that got promoted. Obviously, he's got a bright future on him going forward. Whether he's that prem quality player now is one we'll find out. I think if they did bring in Bruce, though, they probably want to bring in someone else, though, with a bit more experience. Um, but yeah, other, other than striker, there are some issues around there. Just, just I think overall, overall their defence, they could use a couple extra players. Obviously, we know that building defence is the key reason to helping them survive in the Premier League. Obviously, they got Tyrone Mings, who had a good season. But they can build, get a couple of players around him, be crucial. And I think, apart from striker, that number one thing is goalkeeper. Obviously, obviously they got um, Tom Heaton, who's who's a good signing, but got injured in January, and is still going to be injured for the start of the season. We saw from the his replacements. Uh, remind me of the name of the keeper. One Nyland. Nyland and well, yeah, particularly Nyland was terrible. You saw it in that game against Sheffield United. Uh, yeah. That w- should have been given. 
Plus, he made a whole other errors that he's not a number one keeper that will kick you in the Premier League. And Pepe Reina is past it now. They'd need to get someone who can come in. Ben Foster, maybe. That's a shout. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been linked with Chelsea, so I'm sure Villa would take him. He's he's good in his old age. But yeah, other than that, Villa need to make some key signings, especially around that defence, yeah, to keep him, keep him afloat for another season. Next up, we got Brighton. Josh? Big fan of Brighton, aren't you? I'm a big fan of Lewis Dunk. <laughs> nah, I've rated Lewis Dunk for the past few seasons now. And to be fair, I do like the direction that Brighton are going. And I know like they're not getting the more points than what they were under Chris Hewton, but they're definitely playing more attractive football now, which I think will naturally draw more exotic players, if you like. Like, Chris Hewton football wouldn't have drawn like players like Trossard and stuff like that. So, um, who, are they, who are they bringing in then? What they need? Uh, the, only, the only thing I can think of that they can bring in is central midfielders and maybe fullbacks. But, like, I, I see more going out at the moment. Like, there's links with um, Shane Duffy. He, apparently, he wants to join Celtic, which I think could be a good move for both parties as he's getting a bit older. Um, obviously, they've got Ben White coming back on from his loan spell at Leeds. So do they keep him? Yeah, whether they whether they keep yeah, whether they keep him or not, is he either gonna be a very good player for them or they're gonna make a good amount of money. Yeah, exactly. And then They've also just signed someone from Ajax, didn't they? Veltman. So that definitely means that one of them's gonna be going out at least. I mean they got they had Mopay up front this season they signed. Who had a, yeah, you know player. not necessarily prolific, not not amazing, but a decent enough first Still season. good enough to rattle Arsenal. But no, he. I reckon he'll he'll be even better next season. I think he's adapted well in the championship. So next up, we've got the team of James's favourite manager, Sean Dyche, Burnley Football Club. What, do, uh, what does Sean Dyche need to bring in? Burnley's a to hard one. A top ten. Uh, I think it's a very hard one to look at for Burnley because you look at it on paper, they, they don't look a very good squad. Um, it's weird because I think for me, even though they had a reasonably good season defensively, I I think defence is where they need to strengthen up um, because the way that they play, they don't necessarily need that an amazing attack because they do play two hold-on to score lines. Um, I think looking at post-restart, Phil Bardsley played a lot uh, in the defence. He is now 35, though. Um, and I think they, they need to get in someone to play that like right-back position. And I think two people I'd be looking at would be Jaden Bogle from Derby. I, I think he looks really interesting. But the one I'd look at the most would be uh, Matty Cash um, from Forest. Uh, I think he's he's quite versatile as well. There's, uh, Matty Cash can play slightly further up. Um, and I think that that's always a bonus to have someone that can play that right-mid position as well as defend because if you want to play him further forward and then you're holding on to a 1-0 lead you've got someone that can drop back and I think he's also 22 so it would be good for long term I, I think I'd rather have someone like that than a 35 year old Phil Barnsley starting every week uh, you also see that Tarkovsky is obviously linked away all of the time if he does go they obviously need a new centre back 
I think that would be the only thing other, other than that, that I could think of. That's that's what I was going to say, actually. I was going to say about it might be more about if they do have to sell, they might have to address, replace those positions. James Tarkowski, if someone come in for Pope, if yeah. someone comes in for Dwight McNeil, who had a good, good very good season for them. I, I think the problem that they have is they're going to be very restricted on funds. Um, I, I think it is going to be a case of out before in. Um, so if someone does go, they're then going to sign someone to replace it. I don't think they'll go out and sign many people unless they sell. Next up, we got my team, the one and only Chelsea FC. <laughs> now we've already we've already had pretty much a, a transfer window ourselves. Hakim Ziyech, Timo Werner, already in the club. We had a couple outs already as well as we discussed William and Pedro as well have run down their contracts and have moved to Arsenal and Roma respectively. We got potentially Kai Havertz on the way, who every time I've seen him just is incredible player. Even though he's not I don't think it's necessarily a position we need to necessarily improve on. It's just a player that has that quality that will is gonna take us back to that next level of wanting to be, be the big boys of the league. Gonna going to compete with the City and Liverpool. Instead of being in this race with, you know, Spurs, United trying to get the top four places. I think the, a signing like Kai Havertz does that. Well, I, I don't think he would. I, I think you need to focus more on defence. I don't. I feel like going forward, you've got the players that can score goals. You'll be fine. I, I think you need to focus more at the back. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm getting there. Don't worry. But <laughs> I've got quite a bit to talk about defence. But... <laughs> Overloading, overloading our attacking options isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know us; we don't just go and try and we don't limit our transfers. But we it get depends everyone. on how much you spend, though. You've just had a transfer ban. You don't want to spend too much money again and then get another one. That wasn't on that. That was just signing players like Birch and Chirore from the freaking depths of wherever. That's very. That's <laughs> that was very that true. was that problem. But it wasn't about how much we financial pay, fair play are looking at teams spending a lot of money as well on first team players like that. If it starts hitting that you're doing it a lot. To be fair, actually, I'm going to go against that. This is the year with COVID and everything that they're not looking at financial records. Well, that's very true. They're not this year, are they? So, so to be honest, especially a club like us, who are, to be honest, Roman isn't exactly affected financially too much by it. He might as well spend while everyone else is in the depth of who, who can't really do it. That's very that true. Advantage, like you know, like City are. Uh, that's a good point. Now I'd forgot but, that they weren't. But we will, we will make some outs. There is a lot of deadwood in our team that we need to get rid of. Um, I'll start with Kepper. That's an obvious one. If we can actually get rid of him and get a decent enough price, I think that'll probably be a loan. First and foremost, um, yeah. First and foremost, get him out. But um, to try and raise his value, but we'll have to see. Maybe someone will be lucky enough to try and buy him. Um, but yeah, it's just another a load of players. We've got. I'll probably get rid of Christensen. It's a difficult one. We need to bring in. We need to bring in some quality centre backs. I'll speak about in a minute. Christensen just isn't there. I'd rather, you know, bank on Zuma, Tomori's potential, and I guess really good agency seals. He's done a pretty good job of that this summer so far. Uh, Emerson, not a bad player, just needs to move on. Jorginho, I don't. I, all right, 
Jorginho, I don't think suits the way Frank wants to play. If he wants, he, the way we started to play at the end of the season was having a four-three-three before before Kante and Gilmore got injured. Where one of them would occupy that, and you want a player who's going to be floating around, being able to tackle, go out the pitch, do it all. And Jorginho just can't. I never understood Jorginho anyway. I remember when he was in and under Sarri and everyone was like, oh yeah, Kante is playing forward because Jorginho is playing that defensive role. And we're like, I'm just looking at it going, then drop Jorginho. <laughs> like put Kante in that defensive role. That's where he's good. Bin Jorginho because who wants a defensive mid that can score penalties? Like that's all he's good at. <laughs> we're just going to have to see where Sarri ends up. So he can actually buy him off us. But he might he might, might he might stay, but I don't see him suiting the way Fran wants to play. As players like even though he had a good season for us, because we brought in these we brought in Havertz, we brought in Zayek, someone's got to go Russ Barkley might be a culprit. And Batchawai has just been at this club forever and just needs to get out. And we we've got so many players on loan that we can sell as well. Bakayoko, Zabacosta, Victor Moses, Drinkwater. So there's so much cash we can get, so much money that we can actually bring into the club from these transfers coming out <laughs> to put in. We're gonna make we're gonna make some money back. But yeah, our needs: centre back, goalkeeper, left back. Obviously, assume we get Havertz now. But yeah, left back. It's the the way people are saying it is we're expected to get Chilwell. We're expected to pay God 70 million, 80 million, even maybe. He's not going to be worth that. I think. Seeing him over these last couple of games, Sergio Reguilon, expected to cost 20 to 25 mil, was voted the best left back in La Liga last season. Seems seems like it's worth the deal. Potentially someone similar if you want to save some money as well, not go for that higher price. Tagliafico from Ajax as well. Yeah, I, li- I like Tagliafico. Could, could could get that position. Obviously, obviously it's not... I've, I said earlier, Emerson, I think we keep Alonso. There's certain situations where we could actually play Alonso still. As much as his defensive capabilities are poor, going forward, he's still a threat. And then, as well as that, Aspilicueta's versatile as well to play in that left left back role. So we don't necessarily need to go for a big name like Chilwell. Going to centre back, um, got reported today in the Sun that we want to spend 40 million on Lewis Dunk. Really hope that doesn't happen. He's class. Um, it's an interesting one. <laughs> no. I think I think he's better than. All of your centre backs. Yeah, but it's the, and he yeah, does but, it consistently every season for them. Yeah, but if we play a high line like we do, and we're going to continue to play the, that That's way, very how true. is Lewis Dunk going to cope against that? I don't think well. Um, the what the fun a lot of fans want is, is Declan Rice to actually come in and play a centre back role instead of what he's playing for West Ham, which is usually a holding mid. Um, although that's going to cost around eighty million. And even though we can offer players like Batshuayi and Barkley to try and entice the deal, that's not going to necessarily happen. It's a, it's a hard one to see who's available. We might even have to take a risk maybe if like John Stones is available. Oh, Jesus Christ. But as, <laughs> as weird that. as it sounds, because I don't really know, there's not a lot of proven players who could do it. Maybe as a chance, the biggest name I've sort of seen linked would be uh, Jimenez from Atletico. Yeah, I, li- I like him. I think he's a good player. He- He's a strong, solid centre-back would by far be our best option if we got him. But again, it's going to be one that costs... Uh, it's going to cost a lot. Yeah, I think that would definitely be, be worth more, that more than Declan Rice, even though I'd be happy to see Rice back in his, his true colours of blue. If we were finishing off, if we were to get Jimenez, 
that would probably mean we wouldn't get Oblak, who we are trying to get in goalkeeper. That would that that would mean we activate his release clause of 110 million, which you know we could pay it. But after the Kepa thing, we probably want to spend a bit less. We probably don't want to break the transfer fee again in hopes of that not happening. I think the most realistic one would probably be Andre Onama from Ajax, who we've seen who we've seen in the Champions League this season play very well against us. Could be also a what I'll put a name out there that hasn't really been linked, but I've sort of catched an eye every time I've seen him. I thought he's been very good. Um, hasn't really played this season because he's been lining up Real Madrid behind Courtois. Um, but in recent years, has been the PSG number one knocking off Buffon. Alfonso Aurelio. Ariola. A French keeper. Ariola. Alfonso Ariola. I'm terrible with my pronunciations, <laughs> by the way. Sorry, guys. But... See, uh, I think not only because I think obviously you need to hit your English quota anyway. And I think for your sake, with the enunciations, um, I also like that I said that word wrong, but well done. Uh, there you go. <laughs> um, Dean Henderson or Nick Pope? I think Dean, Henders- Dean Henderson's proven this season that he's good enough to be a first-team prem keeper. Oh, no doubt. I, I reckon you're right. It's just it's just what that fee would be for both. Well, the fact that I don't reckon United would sell to us, would sell Henderson that, to us. That's true. Obviously, Pope would, Burnley would for Pope at the right price. But for them, what is the right price? I, I feel like Chelsea would be able to tempt him away to a point where they'd have to accept a, an offer. Um, because like like I said, I don't think Burnley have funds and they, they if they need to strengthen, they could look at getting rid of that. There's plenty of keepers you could go around signing uh, for someone like Burnley. Crystal Palace, yeah. Josh. As I, as I was saying with Villa earlier, maybe their one main key thing would be to keep one player. Jack Grealish for them, but Wilfred Zaha, do you stay or does he go? go? I think his head, head was gone after the whole of the previous summer. With the whole, um, you know, like the links with him with Arsenal, wasn't it? And it never materialised and it never went through. And I think it, like, didn't he sack his agent or something as well? <laughs> I, I don't even I'm not think sure, he's been their best attacking player this has, season. did you say? No, oh, no. No, no he hasn't. I, I would say Jordan Ayew. Yeah, definitely stepped up. Like, definitely one of the underrated signs of the, uh, signs of the season. Yeah. Especially with the price tag. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Zaha's gone, so I think um, I think they'll need to fill that void, and I think that they should have a look at Batshuayi again from Chelsea. Yeah, no, they 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 did that. I don't think if one of my mates is listening, Dex, I don't. I'm pretty sure you don't want Batshuayi back, do you? I think he's. He looked good before he came to the prem, and he he's looked awful since. You can have you can you can have him if you want, but yeah. Apart apart from Batshuayi, who else should they uh, go for? They need. I think they need a centre back to cover for, uh, you know, Gary Cahill's knocking on the door a bit now. It's a long term replacement for him. But they need they need a centre back. They need a centre back next to him at least, anyway. Let alone a, a replacement for him. You know, coming down, as you say, he's getting on, but they need to actually yeah, get someone next to him because Sacco isn't good enough. Um, Scott Dan, he's you know, had, isn't he's necessarily had good. All right, season he's all right, but he's 
he's all right, but if you want to maybe take it yeah. to the next level, get depth in at least anyway. Yeah, true. Needs to run a bit better. Wait, Scott Dan Stills there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's been there for ages. Well, I thought he left. <laughs> One player as well that I Anything think else? should leave uh, Crystal Palace as well is Max Meyer. Everyone kind of forgets that he's still there. Hmm. Never really materialised on what he potentially yeah. could have been. I think it's best for all parties if they get him out as well. I'll, I'll revert back actually to the striker discussion because um, they might have one in the team already. They've had a loan. We've had a had a fair amount of goals. I can't remember what the tally is, but it's, I know it's at least You're twenty plus in the Turkish Connor league. Oh, I'm not talking God. about Conor Women. God, <laughs> no, don't. But Ale- Alexander Solov, Dean linked with Leipzig amongst other clubs, but obviously didn't prove it in the Premier League last time, fellas. So could he do it again, or will they try and sell him? I, I think they'll cash in on him now. I think. I think I, I was looking, and like, apparently it's pretty much already done. Like. Um, apparently, yeah. Apparently, it's not near enough done. Like the talks have been held and stuff like that. So, I th- I think there'll be a. I mean, he didn't work for Palace, so for that reason, Palace should get rid of him. But I think he'll be one that they regret. I reckon he could end up doing well for Leipzig. Everton, James. Ancelotti Awful. took over. <laughs> Ancelotti took over last year. Hasn't maybe taken him. He- Pushed him further up the table, but you know, didn't get maybe where they expected to be that top half position. What do they need to improve on now? Uh, they they definitely need a, f- a few ins. Uh, I'll start with the outs because I I don't feel they need to be justified too much. I think Theo Walcott has hit the point where he needs to be gone, um, and Cenk Tosin, um, for obvious reasons, um, players that they need to bring in though. I think they need a little bit of steel to their midfield. Um, someone that's been linked has been Alan from Napoli. Uh, obviously, he's played under Ancelotti before. Could be a good signing. He knows how Ancelotti wants to play, and he's definitely better than the midfielders that they have available now. Uh, I think something else that they need to look at is centre back. Um, they they have a few centre backs there, but I I think they need more people to fight for that starting place, like. You've got what Holgate starts a lot of the time, and who who starts with him? It kind of varies. Michael uh, Keane. Yeah, I don't. I don't Michael think they're good right, enough but... to regularly start. I think someone they could look at is he's been on loan at Schalke from Barcelona this season. Obviously, there's an optional fee at the end of the season. Um, I don't think at the moment they've activated it. Um, and if they don't, he could be a good centre back sign. Is Tadebo looked reasonably good at Schalke, and obviously. If it's just a loan deal, it, it's something good for the current climate for uh, for the current climate for um, Everton because obviously it wouldn't cost them as much money. And I think for a third place that I'd sign someone um, just as kind of competition for Jordan Pickford, who's had quite a poor season, uh, get another goalkeeper in. Maybe someone like Jack Butland. He's proven he can do a decent-ish job in the Prem already. And like I said, it's just competition for Pickford, who's been pretty poor. Yeah, he certainly needs someone to to at least rival him. I think Butland's someone as well. They's, I've heard they're talking about he would be willing to go for eight million, even though he hasn't had the greatest time in the Championship. Butland, a new change of scenery for him for that price. Take a yeah. risk and a backup goalkeeper. Don't think that's a bad call. It's hard with Everton because they have a tendency to spend a lot of money, 
on things that they don't really need. <laughs> um, like you look at their squad, they've got a reasonably decent squad, and I think it does just need a couple of players in for it to make that difference to push them up a bit. Next up, we've got the first of the promoted teams. Start with Fulham. Now, last two years ago, Fulham went into Premier League and had an absolutely woeful, woeful transfer window. Discussed it in, was it last week or the week or the week before? About if they would do it again. I think Scott Parker's come out since then and he said he wants to keep a lot of the core squad together and not spend at least nowhere near as much as what they did previously. Spend over 100 million on a lot of players that didn't work out. They've regrouped and got promoted once again back to the Premier League under Parker's management. But speaking about those own players, they actually could come back and and um, help them out. they got players like Seri and Zambo Aguiza who've been on loan, should be, for the money at least what they spent anyway. I can't... They're Premier League quality players. And it's going to strengthen their team already without even having to sign anyone. Bring in. Obviously, they've made, they made moves already. They brought in Anthony Knockart on a permanent deal. Um, and they're trying to get Harrison Redo, they also had a loan from Southampton, to try and get a permanent deal for him as well. Um, but yeah, but the main thing for them, they already get... They get goals. They got goals. Their Mitrovic was a top goal scorer alongside um, alongside Ollie Watkins last season um, in the Championship. Mitrovic proved himself in the in the um, Premier League before as well, so that's not the issue. But it doesn't matter how many goals he scores. That coming up, and they got to fix their defense. Last time it was woeful. They're probably going to be in a better state now with their defense than what it is before. Senior players that like they got is it Joe Bryan? Is that their left back? Joe Bryan, and they brought in Michael Hector, who's actually had a bit of a career resurgence and become a solid centre-back for Fulham. But obviously we'll see how it Tim goes in the Premier League. But I, they do I, need to... I think Tim they need another centre-back. Because they've got Tim Ream and they've got Alfie Mawson. But Alfie Mawson seems to be injured half the time. Yeah, and, and what, Tim, Tim Ream's, Ream's past 32. Yeah. I feel like they need to bring some like proven quality players... Into, into the side and I feel that's what they could address with the centre-back position potentially I've got a couple names down here um, looking from what trying to go from the relegated teams and try and capitalise on them potentially Craig Dawson from Watford potentially Tim Closer from Norwich Tim, Tim Closer was the one I was going to suggest because he came back into that Norwich team and they looked so much better at the back I know obviously he had that game where, where he got sent off didn't he other than that they looked a lot better with him in the side. Um, whether Norwich would be willing to sell is a different story. I don't know. But yeah, they definitely need someone like that. I, I think we're coming from the Premier League to pair with Hector, as well as a right position, that right back position they can strengthen as well. And finally, I got one. We were talking about strike, and we talked about the guys Mitrovic gets, but without him, that's probably one of their issues. Without him in the um, for the playoffs, they did look really weak up there. So getting a striker behind him, um, going back to one of the players I might I mentioned earlier, um, getting in someone like Rian Brewster on loan. Someone like Brewster can play not just up front if they want to, but he can play on the wings as well. So he could play a versatile player for them. The second of promoted teams is next as well. Leeds United back in the Premier League. First time in God knows how many years now. What needs to be done for them, Josh? 
how do they stay in the mm-hmm. Premier League? Or how do they even go to further up the table? The number one thing that they need to do is sign a striker. 100%. I, I was yeah. assuming sign Ben White. Yeah, no, that's what all Leeds fans want. To yeah. That's what the hashtags yeah, are about. Yeah, I mean, they should do, but I don't. It's whether it will happen. That's the thing. It depends what price Brighton slap on him. And um, But I think a striker, definitely, because Patrick Bamford is. He didn't even hit 20 goals in the Championship. And I can't see him doing it in the Premier League. I can't see him hitting double figures in the Premier League. Well, that's the thing. I think he he had sixteen goals, but he had so many big chances that he missed last season. There you go. And you don't want that in the Premier League. You need to take your chances. I think Timu Puki proved that this season. Yeah. So I think striker for them would be ideal. And I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Bashwai, <laughs> which I think actually makes more sense for him to go to Leeds than it does Palace. I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine. People taking Bashwai off. That's no problem. They want to pay. They want to pay twenty million or whatever. We're going to send him for. So I think there's there's two championship strikers that I'd look at. One from a relegated team, and one that's been mentioned by Dino already. Ollie Watkins. Um, he scored a lot more than. Uh, Bamford did last season and I think he'd be better uh, in the Prem one player uh, from Bournemouth uh, I think he fits Bielsa's system quite well obviously I don't want him to go there because he's linked to coming to Tottenham as well Uh, Callum Wilson Uh, Bournemouth are going to be looking to sell Um, if he wants to be that first choice striker Leeds would be a good shout and I think he'd guarantee goals in the league for them uh, and like I said, I think he fits the system of Bielsa well. Be interested in signing Wilson, especially if he's linked with players club like Tottenham. I think it would show their in, intent to stay up as well if they make it because that's that's a reasonably big name signing. Oh yeah, you know you don't get many players like that you could sign with proven Premier League quality. That's gonna that and and that scored goals in the league as well. Constantly hitting 10-plus goals in the last few seasons. Club like Leeds, that are pretty much, in a way, unless things went horribly wrong defensively, cement their spot in the Premier League. Last but not least, for this first half anyway, the other 10 teams would be available next week. But we have the team we just missed out on top four this season, Leicester City. James, obviously it went a bit wrong for Leicester since the restart. What areas do you think they need to improve now since since this has all ended to get potentially top four next season? So I'll do what I did last time. I'll look at the outs first because I think, again, they're, self, they're self-explanatory. I think Slimani um, has been, been on loan this season, hasn't he? Um, he's not going to play. Get rid. Uh, the other one I would get rid of, Ihea Nacho. Not good enough as a backup striker for me. Um, I think you need to get rid of him as well. Which then brings in, obviously, an in. I think they need a striker. And I think they need a reasonably decent named striker. Because uh, I think, they obviously, they've got Vardy at the minute. But they need to prepare for life after Vardy. Because he's not going to have that many seasons left in him. You never know, he, he might be awful next season. <laughs> the thing is, you can't really say he's going on because he's he's just won the golden <laughs> boot. But then he is, I think, believe, 33. 
But yeah, so, but that's know. the thing. Yeah, he he's still whether he won the golden boot or not, his, his age is still going up. Like he's yeah. he's old, and it could he could easily just start next season struggling, and like his legs could just go. He could suddenly if he if he gets an injury, yeah, there's a worry for someone that's his age of getting back from that. Uh, they can't rely on it. someone of Ihe and Acho's quality as a second striker. Uh, so the person I've looked at is at Celtic and Ed, uh, Odson Edward. Um, obviously, he's worked under Brendan Rodgers before. He knows the style of football that Rodgers wants. And like I said, it's preparing for life after Vardy as well as having that good, solid player that could just swap in for Vardy every so often if Vardy's got a knock or Vardy's tired. So I think that would be a good signing. Um, I think they obviously Harvey Barnes has had a reasonably good season somehow, but I still don't think he's been amazing. Um, so looking at a winger could be good for them. I, I think a really good one that they could get is proven in the Prem. Currently a free transfer, Ryan Fraser. Um, yeah. True. Or another option from a relegated team, Gerard De La Faire. Both players proven themselves in the Prem. Yeah, they've not been amazing. But Watford could be looking to sell someone that's going to be on high wages like De La Feo and could bring in a decent-ish amount of money for him. Um, and Ryan Fraser, like I said, is on a free. That's a no-brainer for anyone, I think, in the Prem this season. Um, I think they also need another centre-back because obviously they've got Chela Asoyunju, um and they've got Evans next to him. But Evans has been good, but I think they need more options. Um, and to be honest, I think you could sign. They could sign someone that knocks Evans out of that squad. Uh, and the one I'd look at would be James Tarkovsky from Burnley. I I think the option of European football would be attractive to him. I think it would be a good signing for Leicester. Um, and the last I thing, be, I think it's right. I think it'd be a good signing. But then I I do, I do think Evans is a good good player next to Sinatra. Obviously, there are links that Sinatra could go elsewhere as well. Yeah, because he's he's had such a good season. But I do agree. After that, I, th- I think Evans is very much the quality of Leicester. It suits it. So that she might be even that bit better. But after that, who's their backup centre back? Is it is it still Wes Morgan? Still Wes Morgan. Uh, and then yeah, that's what Benkovic is it? Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm not sure. I don't know too much about Benkovic, but I know Wes Morgan probably if he was just if he was starting for a club. In England, would probably have to be the championship. Yeah, I, I I think they need more options more than anything. Um, but I I think there's other than that. There's at the moment there's nothing really other than that to change. Um, obviously Chilwell has been linked with a move away, and they would be very desperate for a left back because that I don't even know who their second choice left back is. Is it James Justin is like the backup right back and left back? Yeah, he's a very, that's what I was going to say. He's a very, James Justin, a very versatile um, player. He can play, he can play both right back and left back. Um, as you saw, we've, he's played right back, which is, I believe is more traditional. Yeah. Uh, traditional side. Um, obviously, uh, in place of Pereira, who's probably going to be out most of the season as well, unfortunately. We're he had, as I said, we were saying over the last few weeks, has had a great season for them. So if they lose Chilwell as well, they will need to bring someone. But he he could adapt to either position, so they could bring in a traditional right back or left back. Yeah, well, I, I think if they lost him, for me, 
Um, I know they got relegated and their defence was very poor, but I think he's had a decent season because uh, I think that Norwich's main issue was centre-backs, but I think Jamal Lewis would be a good signing. I know Liverpool went in for him, but Liverpool kind of, they massively like went under Norwich's valuation. Uh, I think they offered like half of what they wanted. Um, I think even 20 million on someone like Lewis, I think the season he had was actually really good. I, I think he performed quite well and, like I said, the the centre backs sort of lack off for Norwich was their issue. So I think Leicester signing him would be a good signing if they lost someone like Chilwell, because signing a a big name left back is hard because left back is somewhere that nearly every big team is always on the lookout for because there's not a lot of world class left backs. How do I say your name correctly? Tanganga. Tanganga. Yeah. I hate to tell the wrong names, man. Right. Everybody says my name wrong. <laughs> Everybody calls me Jose. I'm not Jose. I'm Jose. Before we wrap up this episode, let's take a look at the football head this week. The Champions League and Europa League reached their climax as PSG faced Leipzig, while Bayern faced Lyon in what could be an all-French or an all-German final come Sunday. The Europa League final, though, takes place on Friday. Who will be joining Seville in the final? Out of Inter and Shakhtar? We'll find out Monday evening. Last week's podcast saw Man City crown the playing offside predicted champions of the Champions League. That was obviously a huge error on our part, and one you can even quote me on as well. I saw coming and Liam's part, you know. Big up. Big up uh, Dembele. But so after the quarterfinals, have your guys' opinion changed on who wins the whole thing? Well you still stick in well you're not gonna stick with Man City, obviously. <laughs> What has changed for you? I I can't see anyone being yeah, Bayern. Yeah, Bayern just look like a force to be reckoned with. I sh- I should have stuck with my guns in the group stages when I when when they absolutely ripped apart Spurs in the group stage. I said Bayern would win it all, and I should have just stuck with that the entire time because they then destroyed Chelsea, they then destroyed Barca, <laughs> um, probably. Probably, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Leon win because I'm not gonna go against my boys. But if, if I would Leon. bet on anyone <laughs> against Leon, out of Leon or Bayern, I would bet on Bayern, <laughs> and I would probably bet on a reasonably high scoreline. Um, and to be honest, watching PSG versus Atalanta, if PSG gets that final, I don't see them doing well against Bayern. Um, P- potentially, if you want to say like a weakness, a little weakness. Because you're trying to identify something, it might be in their defence. But <laughs> saying that, they just got so many avenues of scoring. Well, Lewandowski's firing them in. Alfonso Davis coming in. I mean, every, everyone's contributing yeah. as well. You got players like Kimmich getting a goal. Felipe Coutinho. I think, I think the, the reason that they're so poor defensively is because everyone is just pushing up. Like the only players you really see far back are the defense centre backs, like. The right back, left back, they're bombing forward and they're they're in the area a lot of the time. Uh, I I think that could be the downfall if someone figures out how to stop them offensively. Um, they're not that hard to break down at the back. The only team that would have probably done that though, I think, would have been at Leco Madrid, and they're not in it anymore. So I think it's Bayern for the take. But then, could you say that about Leon, who Leon stopped Juventus, Leon have stopped Man City? Two teams, well, Juventus with Ronaldo 
and then Man City, who are known as an incredibly attacking team. Granted, they went out completely differently. If they can, if if Leon can pull off what they did the last two games, the way that they play, could that stop Bayern? Potentially, potentially. That's it. Heard it here first. Leon to win the Champions League trophy. Can I just say, you did not hear it here first because I said it <laughs> earlier. Leon and my boys, don't don't hop on the bandwagon. That's right. I'll, I'll take Leipzig. Leipzig can be my team. I'll tell you what though, because because the because the way they played them, it might be that probably the worst. They'd rather maybe pay PSG Bayern if they got through than Leipzig, because at least Leipzig know while they might not have been successful in their recent games against them, but know how they do play. And so have this research and maybe how they could break them down and potentially get away to win. So, Also, if, if Leipzig managed to beat Bayern in the final, they, of course, Germany would go mad because the majority of the country hates Leipzig. Seven episodes in now. Thanks to James and Josh for joining me today. Thanks to everyone supporting us by listening or following us on our socials, on Instagram and Twitter. Find the usernames for each in the podcast description. We'll be back next week for part two of the transfer special. Although the episode will be uploaded on the Tuesday rather than Monday with the Champions League final interfering with our usual recording time. Join us then to hear views on the final as well as the transfer business we expect to see from the likes of Liverpool, City, United and Spurs. See you then. You've got a fucking die to get three points. And they're here. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> it's a fact. I don't know playing mind games and talking about facts. He can't take it, can he? He can't take it, he just can't take it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>